Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and today we have my physician, Dr. Maria Duros from the Healthy Weight Institute, and she is going to be bringing all of the information about all the shots and the idea that this weight gain is a disease. So I want her to get into this. So stay with me. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Dr. Duros, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing all of your knowledge. Meredith, thanks for having me on. This is going to be a lot of fun and I love this topic. So I'm super excited about today's podcast. So if you could just share with the viewers and the listeners who you are, what you're doing, where you've been and how you've gotten to today. So I'm I'm Dr. Maria Duros. I'm um, board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine. Um, I am the founder of Duros Healthy Weight Institute um, and uh, my journey has been uh, one that I never expected. So I was board certified in family medicine um, and I loved it. And I had a wonderful career doing that um, and, you know, was able to treat several diseases. But I realized very early that a lot of the chronic diseases that I was dealing with, um, including hypertension, diabetes, cancers, uh, depression, uh, a lot of times, uh, the root or the main cause of them was um, patients' weight. And mm-hmm. I spent a ton of time uh, helping patients with that. I was well-versed in, in diet and exercise and all of these things. And um, my patients were not losing weight. They were not doing well. And it wasn't a willpower issue. Um, it wasn't a communication issue. Um, we were communicating great. Patients are, we were, I'm very close to my patients. They're very honest with me and um, they were just not getting the weight off. And it just did not settle with me well, Meredith. Um, I couldn't reconcile some observations that I was making in my practice. There were patients who were eating an unhealthy diet and were not exercising and their body mass index was normal, right? And oh, then wow. I had patients who were really struggling to lose weight, doing everything right. And they still could not get a pound off or they would get, lose the same 10, 15, 20 pounds and just keep recycling them throughout their life. And so I thought there's a lot more to this than what we think, you know, diet, exercise, willpower, all of these things. These people are highly successful most of the time in their lives. They get whatever they need to get done, they get it done. This is the one thing they want so badly and they just can't get to it. So it um, bothered me very much. And so I was looking for answers. So I started reading a lot of papers on uh, the science of obesity. And those papers were being signed by uh, specialists with the obesity medicine kind of certification. And I thought, who are these guys? <laughs> and so I looked up the association and I saw that there was a fellowship available and I signed up immediately. Uh, completed the fellowship with the intention of bringing it back to my family medicine patients. And that's where we, I mean, we, we, you were my regular (laughs) primary care. And I think that we talked about like, you know, my goals and this and that, and weight was, you know, very much a struggle at that point. So then we started kind of 
moving in that direction of trying to, cause I didn't have, I personally don't have, you know, I have low cholesterol, low blood pressure. I have those things, but I still was retaining weight, even though like I, I, my, my girlfriend, she had a gastric bypass. And when she had it done, they said, do not let your tires touch the, um, a, a drive-through, <laughs> like a fast food drive-through. And I'm always like, okay, I'm not a person that their tires hit a fast food drive-through very often. And I still am holding on to 50 pounds. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, I was doing the things I wasn't going to Dunkin' Donuts and eating the breakfast sandwiches. And it was still like that 50 pounds was just hanging on for dear life. Absolutely. I mean, you're not the only one. And, and, and you know, you were one of my inspirations as well, uh, Meredith, to help to help you out because I, you weren't really doing anything to deviate from what it what healthy is. Right. As far as lifestyle goes. Um, but um, so I completed the fellowship, came came back with all that uh, training and knowledge. And that's when I started controlling people's weights. And that's when people were actually able to control their own weight, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then the most amazing things started happening that the chronic diseases that I was treating started to not be the forefront of my uh, of my uh, concern with the patients, right? So hypertension medications started coming off of their lists, right? Um, insulin resistance or diabetes was being reversed. Arthritic issues um, were getting better. Um, and so, and you know, those are major things for me, but then the personal benefit patients were getting, I mean, their self-esteem was going up. They were applying for jobs they never thought they could have before. Um, you know, think the way it impacted their lives, their families, um, and uh, it has been such a journey. So word of mouth then started to kind of dominate. And so the practice um, started to really become more of a weight loss practice. And, um, and I never thought this would happen, but now I'm just specialized in practicing obesity medicine, weight loss medicine. That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and we talked about prior to hitting record and going live today, this, this idea, um, of it being a disease, you know, this idea of of uh, ob obesity and morbid obesity. And I had talked on some of the prior episodes about, you know, a lot of times we look at someone that's overweight and like you had just mentioned, and we see that, oh, that person must be out of control. And what you saw was, no, they have all of their shit together. It's just this one thing. And so can you talk a little bit about weight gain or weight inability to lose weight as being a disease. Yes. So, so, um, obesity is a, a disease and it's, it's not a decision. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the part that is so important for me when I talk to my patients to get that in their head, because in their minds, they feel like failures. They feel like they've, they, there's something desperately wrong with their willpower or, um, you know, I hear all the reasons why a patient is struggling with their weight, except for the right one. And you have to pay respect to the neuroendocrine system and the signaling that that is aberrant when one gains weight. Humans were not really struggling with weight up until the 1960s, 70s. Yeah. And um, they were overeating all the time. I mean, there were kings and peasants in the history of mankind. They all had different amounts of foods, but they were all maintaining and regulating their weight with pretty seamlessly without really knowing 
that they were doing that. And so there's a lot of benefit for the human body to stay trim. Um, yeah. and, and, and so when you see uh, an obesity rate of 7% in the 70s and we're at 73% obesity and overweight rate right now, wow. um, we're not evolving into this. This is not evolution that's causing this. There's been a tremendous disruption in our neuroendocrine system. And what that is, is a interplay between about 32 known hormones that are just weight regulating hormones, not the hormones that everybody comes in and talks to me about. They're always like, this is my estrogen, it's my progesterone, it's my testosterone, it's my thyroid, all yeah. of these things. None of those. These are all individualized, specialized hormones that you and I had never heard of before uh, until we started. I started my fellowship and we started talking about them, right? Um, and those hormones communicate directly with our hypothalamus. And that's a part of our brain that is the ultimate regulator of our appetite and weight regulation. Um, and if those, if those, if that system doesn't communicate, that's where we start getting problems with regulating our weight. Yeah. I, I was actually talking about, sorry to interrupt. I was actually talking about this recently and I talk about it quite a lot. Um, we have some old photographs of the White Sox stadium, like from back in the day when people wore suits to baseball games. And if you look at everyone standing in those lines, they all have like 28 inch waist, 30 inch waist. Like they are small humans. If you look at like this, what is it? There's a Pruder film or however you say it from a JFK shooting. The, everyone in there is thin an entire population in that oh. video is thin and you didn't see obese people in these videos and these photographs from back then these women had 13 inch waists you know and so what happened they were eating lard back then they were eating bacon grease you know what i mean that's how grandma cooked was with bacon grease and now people are like living off of salads and chicken breasts and are just struggling so when you're talking about this this hormone bad information yada yada are you talking about where we're now slathering our bodies in parabens and all of these uh hormone disruptors is that what you're saying is these hormone disruptors are getting in the way from good communication in right. our brain right so so there's a lot of theory right now on why this is happening right but um what what the most to me uh, important, um, you know, events were the, the introduction of processed meats and processed foods in the 1970s with, mm -hmm. you know, Nixon's like Feed America campaign, um, all of these kind of fake ingredients that if you read the label, it sounds like a science experiment. Yeah. All of those are highly inflammatory and, and um, to the hypothalamic receptors um, that, um, are regulating our weight. And so there's a lot of, um, science, like the other day I was reading a paper about how even pollution disrupts our ability to, um, regulate our insulins, um, which insulin is a huge, um, influence on, on our weight and our fat stores and, and things like that. And of course, type two diabetes and stuff like that long-term. And so, yes, um, Meredith, I'm alluding to that for sure. Um, and, you know, our calorie intake, um, there was a study showing that our calorie intake between the 70s and, and uh, now has not really increased much to justify 
the um, overweight and obesity kind of epidemic that we have, right? Um, and so the caloric intake has not really increased that. So the other advent, I mean, I think it was a huge problem would be like those diet Cokes, you know, all these fake sugars, the aspartame's kind of just kind of misleading everybody to think, you know, this doesn't have any calories. So here I'm going to take it. Those, those substances increase insulin resistance. So yeah, you might not be getting the calories, but you're getting a lot of damage that yeah. is going to, you know, increase your risk for weight gain and type two diabetes later. Um, so yes, those, those are the disruptors I, I in, in my opinion, and then who knows what else, you know, we're going to discover with time, but so a huge recommendation and you're, you know, this, cause we've talked about this many times for me is I want you to eat real, I want you yeah. to eat food, right? Yeah. Try not to have it tampered with. If it has more than three, four ingredients, it's been way too processed. Um, yeah. and, and the cancer risk, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, our, our cancer is, is so high now and all of that stuff. Well, you know, obesity leads to cancer. Um, it increases our risk for that. And, you know, several cancers, colon cancer, um, pancreatic cancer, esophageal cancer, endometrial cancer, um, you know, a lot of the common ones, right, that we hear. Um, and so, so this is far beyond just our appearance and, and, you know, you, you know, our self-esteem, which are very important for, for many. But to me, when I'm treating you guys, all I think about is I just don't want them to have cancer. I just don't want them to have hypertension. And one more thing, I'm sorry to disrupt, but the, what motivated me to do this fellowship the most Meredith is that you can lose about 20 years of your life. So obesity takes about out seven to 14 years of your life expectancy. Yeah. Off of your I've life. That. I've been saying that this, the whole series, like you do not say, see morbidly obese 80 year olds like it. And that's a horrible thing to imagine or say, if you're out there listening or watching this right now. But I think that that jarring bit of information is a call to action that if you're in your 50s, if you're in your 60s and you're still holding on to 40, 50, 60, 80 extra pounds, you this is the time. It's 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 now. And I and I know a lot of people like we're almost um, what is it? Apathetic. It's like, oh, well, everything causes cancer. What the hell am I going to do? Everything causes cancer. You can't eat anything these days. You can't drink anything. And the answer to that is, well, sort of, yeah, like sort of, yeah. Like that sounds horrible, but what they, what they bill, <laughs> sell us right. is, is, uh, that right. is food is not food. So yes, you cannot eat anything these days. You really need to be mindful. You know, like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, when a chicken breast shows up and it's the size of a dinner plate, something has happened to that chicken and you want nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, so no, you can't, <laughs> yeah. just, just cause they put it on the shelf and call it food or soda or whatever, doesn't make it a good idea just because you can put body lotion on and it's filled with parabens and they say this is body lotion that smells great that doesn't make it a good idea so we need to kind of go through what we're putting in our body and say i mean there's a reason you put 93 octane in your car or 89 like there's a re there's better choices out there you want a good result from your car you put the better stuff in and the same thing goes for food and so mm -hmm. now we're seeing as you obviously know, because you're deep in the business, obviously, is that we're seeing so many people 
who have done it. They've starved themselves. They're working out twice a day. They're doing the things. They're drinking a billion gallons of water. They can't get where they want to go. They're not seeing someone like you. And now they're going to their dentist or their Botox specialist and saying, give me the shot. I'm at my wit's end. I cannot be overweight anymore. Please just make me stop eating post, you know, era-ish of the gastric bypass. So this is like, you know, like, please God help me. So can we talk about, because I've been getting everyone ready for you to discuss the shots. Um, What's going on there? So what's interesting about the shots, Meredith, and what's shocking about them is that um, they've been around for a while for a long time, years, years and years, right? And some version of them, right? Like the GLP-1s that we're talking about, Ozempic and, um, you know, uh, Wigovi and all of those, right? Like version of those, like Sixenda had come out even years, years and years ago. And at that point, when those meds were out, you can pay someone to use those. You can pay someone to use them, okay? Now, I disagreed with that then, Mm -hmm. right? Because it wasn't, you shouldn't put limits to your success, right? As a, as, as a patient with a disease that's very hard to treat. But um, right now, I feel like I need to press the brake on this because number one, non-experts are dealing with this disease, which is a problem. This is a huge problem, a liability uh, for society in general, right? Um, it's taken me a very long time to get good at this, right? Uh, lots of years of study, lots of degrees on the wall, lots of pain and sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, and to watch, you know, spas and, and, and dental offices, whatever, hang, hand out medication. My question to patients when they come to me and they tell me this is, uh, okay, so what are you going to do the day after? So mm-hmm. you're going to get the weight down. And then what are you going to do the day after? What's your yeah. game plan? Who's managing that for you? What are you managing? What is the reason why you're overweight? Do you even know? Because mm-hmm. if you don't know the reason, you're never going to get a hold of this disease. So the shots may or may not be the appropriate drug of choice for you. There are so many other amazing, effective medications on the market. But the problem is now, the because of the popularity of these GLP-1s, Ozempic, which is an amazing breakthrough drug, don't get me wrong, it's a phenomenal medication, used the right way at the right time for the right patient. And that's the difference. Yeah. You know, when I was in medical school, we had a uh, one of our pathology professors said the best thing. He says, when the only tool is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. So if the only solution you have to weight loss is Ozempic, then everybody looks the same to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference at um, Duro's Healthy Weight Institute. Everyone is different. You have to meet the patient, first of all, where they're at in their lives, what they've been through, what they've tried, how they feel about the process, um, what their diet is right now, and bring them to a place where they're going to have success. But you also have to look at the medical aspect of it, the neuroendocrine piece of it, what's going on medically with you and what is appropriate for you. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I'm at. And let me tell you one more thing, chance of weight regain. If you don't control the underlying factors for your weight problem is about some studies will say up to 96% in two years. Wow. We tell patients in two years, it'll be about 85 to 86% of ch- chance of weight regain. You know, wow, Meredith, but you know what? Look around us. You see patients, you see people, friends, family, right? They come one Christmas, 
and they're very lean. Then you see them a Christmas later and they're bigger than ever. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's actually, we see it all the time. So that's the part that's even more unique about seeing a specialist in this field is because you want someone to help you maintain that weight off. So the success rates in our, in my practice are a lot higher um, of maintaining the weight off once people are done losing weight than just giving someone shots or putting someone on a starvation diet, allowing them to lose weight and then like leaving them high and dry the next day. Well, we've seen it all. I mean, you've seen people with the, the nose, uh, the liquid nose tube to feed themselves by way of that to really shed. I mean, we've seen it all, right? I mean, we've definitely seen it all when it comes the gamut of weight loss. My thing, I was raised on very healthy food. Like my mom, we, we ate the shredded wheat. If anyone remembers that came in the white bag and you had to crunch it up in the white bag and then you put it in the bowl, like that, that was like, that's how I was raised. And so I have a pretty good idea of what healthy eating is. My dad is a very healthy eater, almost like insane. No, he's probably insane. And so like, I've always known what healthy eating looks like, <coughs> but I've been talking recently about this idea that because these things are sold to us as food, this goes back to the Ozempic piece and the shots is that if you don't have any clue, like you always are a very big proponent of um, that the Mediterranean diet. If you don't know, have no concept of what healthy eating is, you know, if you think that, oh, well, it's lemonade, there's, it's mostly water or it's diet soda, as you said, um, it's, it's low fat or fat free cookies. If you don't know what healthy eating is, but you're taking the shot, as soon as the shot stops telling you to stop eating, you're going to go back to being uninformed as to how to maintain that, you know, or you're, mm -hmm. we need more education that just because it's in the aisles at the grocery store, doesn't make it good for you just because it's in the low fat section. Does it make it okay? And I think that the Ozempic and the shots, what they're doing is they're saying, don't eat, you're not hungry. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't, it's not there to tell you that anymore, then what? Then you go back to who you've always been, you know, and right. And that's sad. I mean, right. that's out of control. And that's a sad thing because your brain's going to be like, oh, well, I'm down to 130 pounds. I'm good. But but it's not the case. Right. It's it's a very, very long process. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm really happy and proud to say that uh, patients have been maintaining now their weight loss for over five years in my practice. Yeah. Um, but it's with, you know, you know, a lot of, um, you know, support and, and, um, you know, I'm constantly, I'm watching them like a hawk, you know, and I'm making sure that, you know, whatever discoverable neuroendocrine issues were there, um, that they're, they're being managed. And, um, so, so it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot harder than people think. There's a lot more to it than people really think. Um, and that's why there's a specialty for it, Meredith, now. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's doctors that only do this and had to get through special training to be able to be well-versed in treating this, who have had a tremendous like background in medicine in the first place. And that's what surprises me about um a lot of different uh, people who are not qualified kind of managing this for people.
Yeah. So in your practice, so you just, you literally just opened this weight loss, um, weight yes. Institute. Yes. Um, and so can you talk a little, so if you're in the Chicagoland area, where are you located? And like, what, what if, you know, what does it look like for someone to like call your office or reach out to you? What, what happens? So um, for the, for the next two years, I'll be doing telehealth only. Um, okay. So it's a telehealth practice. I've been doing telehealth with, for obesity medicine though, for a long time. It's very effective because it allows compliance. It'll, it makes it easy for patients to check in. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's appropriate for monitoring patients really well. So um, patients will um, can get onto my website and contact me through there. Okay. Um, it's uh, www.duroshealthyweight.com. And um, they um, could register as a new patient. Uh, the first visit is an hour comprehensive um, interview, um, just like you would see with any physician, um, you know, looking at past medical history, surgeries, um, and, and a deep dive into the causes and the story the patient has for me um, regarding their weight. Um, then I order a comprehensive lab work um, that's appropriate for that particular patient. Um, and then about two, and we talk about nutrition and, um, and, and all the things that I uh, would love the patient to start thinking about and implementing it. Um, and slowly, and again, I meet the patient where they're at. I've had patients who've never had a vegetable in their life. And then I've had patients who are eating a Mediterranean diet since the day they were born. Right. So, so, and, and so, uh, we, I support the patient on that end and kind of support them on the exercise end as well. Um, and then about two weeks after that, we meet and we discuss the results of the labs and um, see how we should appropriately target and intervene from a therapeutic perspective, medication perspective, to allow their body to get the weight off. Yeah. And we monitor the patient every once a month. We see how they're doing um, and constant um, changes, uh, increases, decreases in doses, addition of medications to get that patient down to their healthy weight where they feel the best, where their labs are their best. Um, and, um, and, uh, and then after that, we go into our maintenance phase, which is, um, visits every two months, um, and, um, maybe reducing the medications slowly um, allowing for maintenance of their, uh, weight loss. And then my patients have, um, a lifetime then membership after that. Um, and the license to out of the blue, put themselves in my schedule and say, Hey, uh, I need to talk to you. Something's going on. Or, um, so I've, I've, I've created a program where it's, uh, up, it mirrors, um, the course of how weight loss works, um, mm -hmm. from a medical perspective. So, so anyone can see you in the, in the state of Illinois, in the United States. State of Illinois. State of Illinois. Okay. So state of Illinois. And um, so I had a gal on last episode and she has a difficult time gaining weight. So if you have a difficult time gaining weight, is that where you're at too? Or are you primarily in weight loss? I just, I had to ask because okay. we were talking yeah, about Yeah, I'm, I'm primarily in weight loss. Okay. Yeah. And I remember when you and I first started talking about me trying to get my weight under control. I mean, 
I would have taken anything. I would have taken gas. I remember being like, I want gastric. Just just sign me up for gastric bypass because I was so exhausted. So like if you're listening to this or watching this and you're like, I just I'll do anything. There's a pretty good chance if someone walks in your office, that's not going to be your first line of defense is gastric or a shot. You're going to do this much slower so that this is a long term lifestyle life change versus you're you're not shooting people up and just sending them on their way you you want this to be a life life change uh, yeah and you know it's it's a little backwards Meredith but we do see um patients walking into our office who have had gastric bypass and now they're gaining weight again oh yeah um right we have seen people have gotten gastric gastric sleeves and then they're they're coming to us after the surgery because five years down the line that weight gain started again. Um, and, and we are beautifully managing that that weight because the neuroendocrine perspective of it was never addressed, right? So, yeah, so, yeah. so, and they're always like, we wish we had come to you first, right? Yeah. So, so those surgeries have a place and they do, um, you know, get some great results. Again, you have to give it to the right patient. You have to identify the right patient for the therapeutics that we have out there. Again, that takes a lot of skill and, and experience to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's not something that's going to be overnight. It's not an easy, you know, fix. And I will say, like, I lost a ton of weight years ago from juicing, um, 27 pounds in 40 days to be exact. But unfortunately, like I tell people, but, but my hair fell out. But you know what I mean? But I gained it back after a short period of time. So like <laughs> the long game is a little bit better and right. be patient with yourself and mm -hmm. be patient with this idea that um, this isn't this isn't obvious. This isn't like you're not a failure. Mm -hmm. You're not a failure if you've put on weight, if you're in menopause. Like that's another thing like menopause, like like you said, there's there's all these extra hormones, but those menopause hormones are real. As I've talked about all series, you know, gallons of booze is not helping. You know what I mean? Like I tell people all the time, like you can go for a three mile walk, but if you go home and that night you drink a bottle of wine, you just shot yourself in the foot. And, and these behaviors, you know, the, the huge plates of food at restaurants, the supersizing, um, drinking seven nights a week, six nights a week, these things have become so normal in our society we were talking before I hit uh, go live today about how in my circle, you know, drinking and all of those things excessively, you look around and you think that you're completely normal and you kind of lose your way. And I, I was said a couple episodes again, you know, that freshman 15 is most likely not from the mashed potatoes down in the cafeteria. It's from binge drinking, right. you know, and we need to let people understand that those calories are real calories, even though they're liquid, you know, and the other piece of this is if you have found yourself middle age or even younger with type two diabetes, with high cholesterol, with um, bad colonoscopy results um, or cancer, look at where you're at and what you're eating and, you know, where your weight is at, because a lot of this stuff, as you mentioned, is because of the weight gain yeah, and it can yeah. be undone. You know, I love seeing all patients, but the ones that, you know, I feel um, 
you know, are feel guilty for coming in, right? Are the ones that are already still relatively thin, but there there's been just an unexplained weight gain that's been mm-hmm. going on for months or a few years, and 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 they're coming in and they're apologizing for being there. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm here because I I know that I'm not you know obese or you know, and I'll say to them, look the train is moving in that direction. Yeah. And if you come now, I prefer it because we're never going to know how bad that direction is. Right? right. So, 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 you know, it's, it's, I know the name of the field is obesity medicine, but um, I, it, it's not just treating obesity. It's treating unexplained weight gain and, 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 you know, what will lead to that right long-term. And I think patients should, and people should start thinking very preventatively about, about this. I mean, if we know that obesity causes all of these things um, and we don't have them, we should be very lucky to think, okay, we're not there, right? But we don't want to get there. And this is the time to get the treatment. A lot of times when I um, run people's labs and um, they're, you know, and they have a good bill of health from their primary care, I'll say that is what's putting us in a position now to treat you so that yeah. we don't get into a situation where you do have a problem. Yeah. So, Cause I mean, like if I could prevent myself from being on 10 meds, I'm here for that. Like, I do not want to be at the pharmacy every five minutes. I don't want to be on a lifelong medication because that is really, you know, difficult. And on top of that, the, you know, the mental health, you know, of, of not fitting in your clothes and not feeling and not being able to bend over and tie your shoe and just feeling lethargic and, and all of those things that has a huge, takes a toll on every part of your life, your family, your partnerships, your, your everything, Um, if you don't feel good about yourself, that, that is a huge problem. And then we get into depression and anxiety and all the things. So. And how about children? I mean, how about the children who are watching the struggle and and watching the, you know, what are we, what are we teaching them to, you know, and, and, and what are we, you know, um, it's, you it's, treat children because I know that that is a huge problem now too. Is that you I know, do I children. do treat children? Yeah, my family medicine, um, uh, you know, specialty allows me to see kids. So I like seeing kids at around twelve years old. Um, that um, I feel like that's a good age to to start. Um, you know, if if we need to start treatment and stuff like that, we can. But um, I I also you know. Um, I think that's the age where you can prevent the most, honestly, like that's where I feel most rewarded is, is with the kids because you know, they, what you're, you're, you're preventing so much, nothing's happened yet. Right. And it won't, right. If you, if you, if you are able to control their weight and help them with that. So. Well, they're definitely starting to take kids cholesterol levels now in pediatric um, practices. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously something's going on when we're seeing doctors or pediatricians taking cholesterol levels. So this is, this is definitely an important topic, but I so appreciate you being here. I know you have to go this morning. You're a very busy doctor, but I so appreciate you being here and talking to everybody about these different topics because we don't talk about, look at experience, weight, issues as a disease. So I really appreciate you talking about this. It's you're not broken. You're not lazy. There's nothing wrong with you. No, Uh, no. you're not, you're not just doing it wrong. You don't have bad genes. It's not that you're 50. There's different components that are playing into this um, that may be out of your control, but you know, Dr. Duros is here to, you know, tackle that with you. And if you're out there listening in the world, um, you know, even if you can't meet with her at the Duros Healthy Weight Institute here in Illinois, 
I'm sure that she could point you in the direction of someone that is also a fellow of weight loss and obesity. Um, someone in her practice, you know, has that information or um, can teach you what to Google out there to find someone very much like hers. But I so appreciate you being here. I really do. And it's always Thanks, been um, so great being your patient. I really appreciate you. Thanks. It's been such a pleasure to know you and and treat you. And just uh, to me, this is the fact that you're glowing and you're so happy and you feel so good about yourself. It just makes everything that I've done worth it. So I love that. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. I will be back here um, next week with a friend of mine who has been through it with gastric bypass and gained it back. And she is She's working to get back to a healthy weight each and every day. So come back here next week. Dr. Doos, again, thank you so much. And I will see all of you guys here next week. Thanks, Meredith. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y. For behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes, please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.